Welcome to Real Estate Radio Live, an informative and engaging hour discussing everything you need to know about the world of real estate. Your host, Tom K. Wilson, provides you with insight and guidance from his years of experience as a successful real estate entrepreneur on how to buy, sell, finance, and invest in real estate, and much, much more. Here's your host for Real Estate Radio Live, Tom K. Wilson. So nice to have you back, and thanks for tuning in to our Real Estate Radio Live program, your number one source for all of your real estate needs and education. We're broadcasting from the number one business radio station in the San Francisco Bay Area, KDOW AM 1220, the Wall Street Business Network. I'm Tom K. Wilson, your host for the 2 p.m. Wednesday edition of Real Estate Radio Live that comes to you Wednesdays and Fridays at 2 p.m. and daily Monday through Friday at 3 p.m. along with my co-host Joe Cachera, Mike D'Ambrosio, and Bobby Decker. If you can't make the live show, you can catch your podcast on reradiolive.com and you can catch my programs on tomwilsonproperties.com or on iTunes or on YouTube. Again, that's tomwilsonproperties.com where you can go and look at all of the guests and all of the topics that we've had over the past uh, almost four years now. And pick out the ones that are of interest to you and, uh, and run them uh, when it's convenient for you. Uh, our, also on TomWilsonProperties.com, you can uh, sign up for our newsletter, which will give you uh, real estate economic news on a weekly basis and also uh, get you an advanced look at what products are coming along for, us to, for you to consider investing in both uh, houses and uh, multifam and commercial and multifam commercial syndications, which, uh, which we've been proudly doing and providing a very um, uh, a new asset class for many of, our, uh, many of our clients. And their number of reports that you can get. And our online uh, website has lots of resources for the investor. We always welcome your questions and requests and uh, free consultation if you would like us to meet with you to uh, chat about what options are available to you and what to do next. We have uh, back with us today a frequent guest, uh, Steve Fithian, who's uh, calling in from uh, the Dallas-Fort Worth area. Steve is a uh, 25, 30, 30-year investor and broker, uh, originally in California, past 25 years in, in the uh, DFW area. He is uh, also uh, CPA by education and can do great due diligence on products. We've done a lot of business together over the years and very proud to have him as my uh, partner on these uh, commercial syndications that we've been doing. He's the owner and broker manager of the uh, SVN, formerly Sperry Van S office in Fort Worth, won many awards and has great access to a lot of deals. And today we're going to uh, target uh, as a topic how e-commerce and uh, brick-and-mortar traditional retail uh, play with one another, play against one another, and play with one another. And uh, Steve, welcome uh, back to the program. Well, thank you, and good afternoon. Uh, Good afternoon. Uh, Steve, there's been a lot of... um, We've, uh, we're now doing our together our fourth uh, retail uh, syndication, and um, most people seem to uh, understand and appreciate how we carefully select which ones that we do, and uh, are always looking at the multitude of 
of uh, things in their due diligence that will enhance their long-term success, such as location, neighborhood, occupancy, upside potential. Um, and uh, occasionally, we do get someone that says, gosh, I've been reading in headlines how uh, retail is really having a tough time with e-commerce. Are all of the... Uh, Aren't all the retail stores and, and malls just going to collapse and well, everything will be online eventually? <laughs> and and um, certainly, certainly we acknowledge that there's been uh, an impact. And there we've all seen uh, how Amazon books originally affected uh, bookstores and so forth. But um, I think our answer generally, uh, our best general answer is it depends, right? Exactly. Uh, if you look overall, for example, national uh, retail occupancy, since 2011, the average uh, uh, vacancy rate was 11%. And then now, as we sit in 2016, it's around 10%. So even though you see all of that bad press about the bricks and mortar, the vacancy rate has actually come down since 2011. In addition, nationally, rents have gone up. So they've gone from an average of $16.50 a foot in early 2011 to over $17.50 now. But obviously, individually, there have been store closings. There has been an impact from e-commerce. So to stick our heads in the sand and say that it doesn't happen is not correct. But to say that bricks and mortar you know, stores are going away is not correct either. Yeah, there's, uh, so let's chat a little bit about that elephant in the room. Uh, what kinds of, from what you've, and you've done um, some, some research for us and to, uh, to make sure we're comfortable with the deals that we're doing the, when, we, when we're uh, investing in retail, both for ourselves and for our investors. So, uh, so let's, uh, let's just, first of all, identify a few areas where e-commerce has had and the Internet has had a... Um, uh, a negative impact. What what would you say would be kind of the leading ones that, from what you've uh, seen in research, are uh, are having a little struggle with uh, with the internet? Well, I would say consumer products is probably up at the top. Any uh, computer sales, uh, anything of, of that nature, that's uh, probably the biggest impact. And then I would say, to a certain extent, uh, sporting goods have been uh, impacted by it. Uh, anything that obviously is easy to buy on the internet and doesn't necessarily require, you know, holding it in your hand or, you know, uh, viewing it, trying it on. But I mean, even I say trying it on, even clothing has had some impact, but I, I would say absolutely at the top probably is consumer, mm -hmm. consumer type of and, yeah. Right. Things that are uh, commodities that are, that are boxed and, and uh, uh, people already very familiar with. Correct. And certainly, uh, you know, I, I guess probably the, um, the the textbook one that we first observed was, uh, and Amazon's first impact was on uh, bookstores. That that's essentially their only business. Correct. You know, it's kind of interesting, though. There's a little bit of uh, well, I said there's definitely a pushback, and kind of the coin term out there is omni-channel, which is kind of a multi-channel approach to sales where. You have an integrated experience where the customer is shopping online from either a desktop or a mobile device, but also can pick up that uh, commodity at a bricks-and-mortar store. 
And so you've got the option of online delivery, in-store pickup, and then also some of the stores now, are they're using the stores actually as a distribution center. So uh, that is certainly bounced back, and a lot of the retailers are realizing that they have to have a bricks-and-mortar store. And there's some recent uh, surveys that are coming out to say that uh, the retailer that has an online presence backed by a physical store, that they generate actually more online sales as well as sales within the store. So if they're in the right kind of industry, not not too much of a straight box commodity that people are already very familiar with, let's say like a, a, a box of pens that they've been using the same brand for for ages, um, that there's uh, actually uh, in, enhanced uh, total sales for that company if they have both a great internet presence and a brick and mortar store where they can go check it out or they can go uh, pick up the item. Correct. One survey I've, I've seen recently talks about uh, buying on the internet but picking it up in the store and uh, 42% of the polls said that when they went to the store to pick it up they spent additional money at either the same store or an adjacent store in the same shopping center. So basically evidence of online causing increased sales uh, at the bricks and mortar. I see a Harris poll here in the report that you wrote and by the way anyone uh, listening who would like to get a copy of the white paper that Steve did some great research on and report, uh, just uh, email us at info at tomwilsonproperties.com and ask for that, and we'll be glad to uh, uh, send it to you. But this uh, Harris poll indicated that uh, 50% said they're more likely to buy online if their same-day delivery option, and 40% expect the option, option to be available when they shop online. And that also showed that 70% of the respondents said they prefer to make purchases in physical stores. 72% were millennials who indicated they prefer to shop in physical stores. So it looked like also the, um, you know, a lot of people like to be able to pick it up at the store, and then when they go there, they buy more. So that's uh, pretty, pretty clear how that synergy can increase total sales. Another trend that I've seen, again, in doing some of this research is they call it reversed, reverse showrooming, and it's basically doing your uh, research on the Internet so you become a very knowledgeable consumer, but then you actually go into the store to buy the items. And so people want to be savvy. They want to narrow down their alternatives, but they still want to visit the store to be able to ask questions face-to-face and physically uh, touch and look at the merchandise. Yeah, there's a lot of you just just think about all the things that we buy, and some we don't need to research. We're very familiar with it. Um, you know, uh, sp- sparkling water or a case of that, or pens or something. But uh, as soon as there, um, as soon as there gets to be uh, um, desire to touch, feel, see, compare, uh, th- then uh, then I think it's uh, gets a lot harder for the internet to to uh, compete and or they reinforce one another. Let's see. Uh, Steve, in this segment, a little bit, we've got left here, about a minute. Let's, uh, let's just look down your list of um, traditional retailers who have announced that they plan to expand their brick-and-mortar presence uh, this, uh, this coming year. 
So I see Dollar General on here, um, Whole Foods, uh, Nordstrom Rack, Big Five, Sporting Goods. That's interesting. They're, they're still building stores. Uh, Cabela's, even though it's Sporting Goods. Uh, Target, Kohl's, um, Pet Supplies Plus. Food stores, you can, that makes sense. A number of those in restaurants. I'm looking at other things on the list that aren't food, and so obviously it's interesting. There's a number of sporting goods stores that are still building brick and mortar, even though your research shows that they're one of the classes that have a little bit more impact than uh, usual. Tuesday morning, which has a lot of kind of commodity items expanding. Um, uh, Apple even though you might consider that to be a, a um, more of a uh, commodity-type product. Okay, so we're going to continue the discussion about how uh, e-commerce and uh, brick-and-mortar retail stores uh, impact one another, both negative and positively, with Steve Fithian, who's uh, calling in from Fort Worth, a very experienced uh, commercial and multifam broker, and will uh, stay with us. We'll be back in just a moment. For more information on today's program, visit reradiolive.com. That's reradiolive.com. Welcome back to Real Estate Radio Live, streaming live on iHeart, TuneIn, and KDOW.biz. For more information on today's topic or guest, just visit reradiolive.com. That's reradiolive.com. Again, your host for today's edition of Real Estate Radio Live, Tom K. Wilson. We have with us today Steve Fithian, uh, experienced commercial and multifam broker in the uh, Dallas-Fort Worth area, who is uh, also our uh, syndicating partner on many of our uh, Wilson Investment Properties uh, products that we've been uh, offering to clients. And we're talking today about how e-commerce and uh, brick-and-mortar retail uh, interplay with each other. In some cases, it's a problem, but uh, not to the, to the broad degree that the uh, headlines indicate, and in many cases, it's an enhancement. So, Steve, let's, um, let's chat about a few of these stores who, to maybe some people's surprise, who are very concerned about retail, uh, brick-and-mortar, uh, some stores that have done um, that are announced some some amazing expansions. Well, you had mentioned before the break Dollar General, uh, but the number of store openings uh, this year is just phenomenal, 730. And then uh, a couple of apparel companies that are expanding: Forever 21, 600 new locations; H and M, 400 new locations; Dollar Tree, 375. So these are, I mean, substantial number of new stores. And then some of the, uh, the larger retailers, Burlington Coat Factory is expanding by 25 stores in 2016. Petco uh, is expanding by 27 stores uh, in this coming year in 2016. So what are the, um, so what are some, uh, some of the kinds of store types that uh, maybe we can introduce the, uh, the uh, Western Crossing syndication that uh, we currently are offering, uh, $20.2 million uh, retail center, Class A, 
only uh, built in the last uh, eight years, and the uh, economic center of the region between Dallas and Denver uh, in uh, Amarillo. So so you've uh, researched a bit uh, as to what kinds of stores we would seek if by chance one of those at some point left. So one you mentioned was uh, was specialty grocery has done quite well in uh, in the e-commerce world. Can you talk about that for a moment? Right. Not only have they done very well, but they fit uh, very well into a lifestyle center or a power center, and they're going into those types of centers uh, much more frequently. So, for example, there's roughly 800 wholesale super centers and nearly 700 organic supermarkets that opened between 2013 and 2018. So wow. that is one trend that we've identified that would fit in very well in a, a power center. Another is uh, traditional furniture stores. Uh, furniture has not been an industry that has really made a big splash in e-commerce, and they rely much more heavily on brick-and-mortar stores. And in the market that our center is in in Amarillo, there are very few uh, furniture stores. So that's one of the targeted groups uh, that uh, we're looking at. And then I just saw a a study that um, going back through 2011, General Growth is one of the largest uh, retail owners of shopping centers across the country. And so during 2011, they actually had um, 83 different instances of junior anchors or department stores leaving uh, their centers. And so, but however, during that time, out of those 83, they re-tenanted or found new tenants for 79 of those 83 um, stores that left. And if you look at the at what came in to replace them, 21 were still kind of your traditional big box or other users, uh, DSWs, Container Store, Nordstrom's, Rack, Petco, Ulta, etc. But then 11 were uh, traditional department stores, Nordstrom's, uh, Macy's, uh, Belk were some of the instances that they gave. 11 were sporting goods stores. 10 of them were entertainment venues. So this is another one that we've targeted in Amarillo. Uh, Everything from cinemas, trampoline parks, Dave & Buster's. uh, So 10 of their uh, 79 replacement tenants were entertainment. Four were restaurants. Five were fast fashion retailers, like Forever 21, H&M. Four were grocery stores. Three were fitness centers. And then uh, two were what they call perch stores, um, home decor accessory stores. So that's an example of 185,000 square feet. Well, excuse me, another 185,000 square feet was torn up and then retenanted with smaller users. Got to stop there, uh, Steve. We uh, got Steve Fithian on with us today talking about uh, retail uh, internet versus brick and mortar and how uh, that interplays with one another. Stay with us. We'll be back to uh, chat some more about that. For more information on today's program, visit reradiolive.com. That's reradiolive.com. Welcome back to Real Estate Radio Live, streaming live on iHeart, TuneIn, and KDOW.biz. For more information on today's topic or guest, just visit reradiolive.com. That's reradiolive.com. Again, your host for today's edition of Real Estate Radio Live, 
Tom K. Wilson. We're discussing today with uh, Steve Fithian the uh, uh, internet versus uh, the uh, brick and mortar traditional retail stores and how they um, can help, which ones to be concerned about, which ones not. Uh, by the way, if you'd like to get more information on this, there's uh, go to info at tomwilsonproperties.com email, and you will get uh, we'll send you a white paper that uh, Steve's done a nice study on. Uh, Steve, you're talking about some of the um, some of the major um, uh, power center uh, owners who have replaced stores that have left uh, just before the break. Correct. So uh, what I wish I had in front of me was how much space general growth has nationally because it's a huge number. But the point I'm trying to make is that out of the 83 losses of stores that they have, they've already replaced 79 of them, was giving a mixture of the types of venues that went in there. So just kind of adding to the point, overall, uh, retail is strong, uh, bricks and mortar, uh, higher occupancy, higher rent rates, but where it does impact uh, stores, they have been successful in, in identifying stores that can go in to backfill those vacancies. Mm-hmm. Now, in the three prior retail syndications that we've offered to our clients through uh, Wilson Investment Properties, there's... Um, uh, almost all of those have been service-oriented. So we haven't even discussed that side of it. And, and even with uh, Western Crossing, 13 of the 17 of the uh, tenants are service-oriented. So it's uh, so far they haven't figured out on the Internet how to give a haircut or how to, um, or how, how to give you a sandwich. But uh, <laughs> so uh, I think, you know, from a service standpoint, are stores that have a service, strong service uh, component to their business, uh, those are still uh, doing very well, maybe in spite of, and again, as we, uh, as you pointed out earlier, the uh, internet helps drive more business to them. Let's see, um, so let's talk about, uh, you just read something here about the uh, environmental component, which uh, has been a, you know, certainly a, a big topic for a long time, and uh, you know, I've, I started thinking about that. Uh, I, we get probably uh, two, uh, at least two or three packages uh, a week, maybe between our uh, business and, and so forth. And it's, uh, wow, that's a lot of packaging, isn't it? It definitely is. And so on the issue of sustainability, there's a recent study that was done by Deloitte and Simon. And the conclusion of that study is that shopping at a mall is better for the environment than buying those same goods online. And the items that they came up uh, to come to that conclusion is Internet shopping uh, turns out to be less efficient, in part because shoppers typically return, on average, uh, this study says 33% of the online purchases versus 7% of returned goods that were bought at that's malls. A, that's amazing, isn't it? It is. And so you've got, you know, the, the, uh, the fuel to go, you know, to, to delivery trucks going back and forth. You've got the packaged materials that are used when it's shipped out originally and then it's sent back as well. So you've got corrugated boxes and other forms of packaging required to get the online orders shipped have a greater impact on the, on the planet than the use of shopping bags. The other thing that the study found is that a typical visit to the mall also includes other activities such as dining, errands, and other forms of entertainment so the 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 shopping trip itself is more efficient. Yeah, you have uh, 
picking up a, a lot a lot more items usually on that trip than uh, with the internet they're being uh, sent multiple multiple packages uh, for the same items that you get there and that um, that is getting a bit of a concern have Steve Fithian with us today discussing e-commerce uh, and anchor uh, are just retail brick and mortar in general uh, stay with us and we'll uh, got some more uh, subjects to discuss and topics discussed in this arena. For more information on today's program, visit reradiolive.com. That's reradiolive.com. Welcome back to Real Estate Radio Live, streaming live on iHeart, TuneIn, and KDOW.biz. For more information on today's topic or guest, just visit reradiolive.com. That's reradiolive.com. Again, your host for today's edition of Real Estate Radio Live, Tom K. Wilson. We have with us today Steve Fithian, a 30-year investor, broker of uh, residential and uh, commercial products, talking about anchors, how anchor stores provide financial strength in the e-commerce market. And in fact, that's the title of the white paper he's produced. That if you would like a copy, uh, email us at info at tomwilsonproperties.com, and we'll be glad to get it to you. So, uh, Steve, let's look at let's talk about our current example. Uh, our prior uh, retail syndication have been mostly service, so that hasn't really um, had uh, internet hasn't had much positive or negative impact on that, other than the, you know driving traffic to to those stores uh, with. Uh, with Western Crossing, we've got 13 of the 17 tenants. This is a $20.2 million Class A retail center sitting on I-40 in Amarillo, economic center of that region with 84,000 cars going by a day and fantastic visibility. Uh, so it's a, it's a great store. But the, uh, the only, about the only real question we've uh, received from any of our clients that has some concern is, um, are those anchor stores going to make it long-term? I, uh, I hear that uh, the Internet's giving um, brick-and-mortar a problem. So uh, let's talk about the anchors, even though it's a small percentage of the number of tenants. It is a fair amount of the, of the space and rentable income for, uh, for this center. So the, the first one, let's talk about, um, let's talk about pet, uh, Petco. Oh, yeah, let's talk about Petco. Okay. Well, Petco, they do have a, a strong e-commerce uh, presence. So that would be referred to kind of as an omni-channel or multi-channel approach. So they rely upon both e-commerce as well as uh, bricks and mortar. They are the 275th top Internet retailer in the world. So they're extremely active uh, on the Internet with their product, and their online sales are growing at about uh, 8.45% per year. But despite that, from their standpoint, they – are not about to uh, close down their bricks and mortar. In fact, in 2016, they're expecting to open uh, 27 uh, new stores. So their strategy entails both uh, Internet marketing as well as uh, bricks and mortar, and they feel that in their industry that uh, spending on pets is going to increase $92 billion in 2019. And most of that is not because of an increase in pets. It's more just... Uh, the amount of money that people are spending uh, uh, on their pets with millennials spending much more than any other generation. 
And indeed, there's a there's a service component to this kind of uh, kind of store. It's, uh, Correct, so grooming that, and animal yeah. hospitals, which again, obviously, cannot be done over the internet. And people like to go, I think, in and and uh, talk about their pets and meet others with pets and so forth. And so show them uh, off, take their own pets in, and, and show, show them, them off. Oh yes, <laughs> I've done that with my yellow lab for sure. <laughs> so, and she and she knows she gets a treat before she goes, <laughs> before she leaves her place. Uh, Michaels, let's talk about Michaels. Well, That's the Michaels, other another another one of the four big anchors at uh, Western Crossing. Right, and and they're one of the strongest and fastest growing companies in the United States. Uh, they're on the verge of breaking into the uh, Standard and Poor's 500. And part of that, their CFO states, is because online stores like Amazon cannot compete with what Michaels is doing. Michaels, uh, they first off, they create their own products, uh, which Amazon uh, cannot replicate. But then, secondly, their their CFO feels that most people that are buying arts and crafts, they want to see them and hold them, inspect them, match the textures, colors. So uh, that, that CFO has gone on record saying uh, his quote is, e-commerce just doesn't play given the nature of this. He goes on to explain why. But, uh, so Michaels is expanding, and, but they, they don't really have the e-commerce approach that Petco has. They feel that their bricks and mortar uh, does just fine, even in light of uh, e-commerce competition. Well, I'm certainly not going to claim I uh, have, have a strong creative uh, side in the, in the arts, but uh, when... When uh, on occasion I have a, have a uh, spurt of interest, I, I do like to go look at th- things and compare them. And certainly my friends who are in that uh, space like to go there, too. I, I like the store. Burlington Coat Factory, let's talk about them. Well, again, one of the fastest-growing discount retailers in the United States. Uh, they, uh, the other thing, too, is they are more profitable today than they were just several years ago. So... E-commerce does not uh, is not impacting their bottom line, and uh, one of the again things that they cite is the option of shipping to the store for pickup, and it eliminates the shipping cost for the consumer, increases the convenience. So Burlington is planning on in, uh, opening 25 stores in 2016 in bricks and mortar. And indeed, most people that I talk to uh, still still like to go try something on again you're getting uh dealing with the component of um wanting to feel it wanting to see if it fits right uh that sort of thing so it's well, uh, i have less to confess that to... i don't like to shop and so i put things off and then by the time that i'm forced <laughs> to actually buy something the only option is going to a store i don't have the time for internet and, and i do like you're saying i like to see things put them on look in a mirror so. um Mardell is our fourth anchor at the uh, at Western Crossing, the uh, fourth one. And I, uh, Mardell, uh, some of our listeners they may not be familiar with, but they are the uh, leading Christian products store in the uh, in the South and in the Bible Belt. And they uh, and it's uh, and I'll say uh, Christian products because they do have books, and that part may have uh, certainly some some impact by the internet. But when you and I have walked the store, uh, what I noticed was a very large uh, homeschooling section in there and many other kinds of gift products and so forth, which, uh, which certainly I think has an element of um, people wanting to, uh, like-minded people uh, wanting to, to be there and talk to others uh, about, um, about the you know, Christian uh, things that they're involved with and the products. So I, uh, 
So that's uh, Mar Mardell was, uh, seems to be doing very well there, and especially, I think, in that Amarillo region, that's something you can't just generalize, but you've got to look at each uh, product and look at the region they're in, and uh, there's certainly a large uh, Christian component to, the, uh, to that region of the country. So uh, they, their uh, stats show that they are doing uh, very well. I have Steve Fithian with us today uh, talking about e-commerce, uh, the Internet versus uh, brick and mortar. Go to uh, uh, email us at info at tomwilsonproperties.com for a copy of the white paper that we're discussing. Uh, stay with us on KDOW 1220 AM. We'll be right back. For more information on today's program, visit reradiolive.com. That's reradiolive.com. Welcome back to Real Estate Radio Live, streaming live on iHeart, TuneIn, and KDOW.biz. For more information on today's topic or guest, just visit reradiolive.com. That's reradiolive.com. Again, your host for today's edition of Real Estate Radio Live, Tom K. Wilson. Well, it's been nice having Steve Fithian back, a uh, 30-year uh, broker in residential and uh, co commercial, and talking about the uh, how the internet and brick-and-mortar stores have impacted each other. Um, how would you uh, how would you summarize uh, a little wrap-up here, Steve? Well, I think the summary would be that uh, the internet is with us to stay, and that I think you'll probably see increasing. Uh, ways that uh, retailers are, are uh, merchandising their product, and the Internet will certainly be used. But I think that uh, very much involved in that is the combination of the bricks-and-mortar store used uh, for online pickup as well as distribution centers. And so the information that I've been reviewing is showing that these retailers see that all of it is essential for their success. So from my standpoint as a real estate investor, I'm still focusing on location. That is the, the most important thing to focus on. And then looking at the tenant mix in the center. And if it, is, uh, if it has some tenants in there that, are, uh, that have you know, competition from the Internet, I want to drill down and know who those tenants are. And I want to have a backup strategy for backfilling that space if they were to leave. And I think that We've seen the indications and the research showing uh, a lot of innovative uh, uh, owners and what they've done to backfill the space. So um, I intend to continue doing very thorough due diligence on any uh, retail property that I acquire in the future. And, and indeed, Steve uh, does uh, uh, great filtering. He gets over 300 deals a day sent to him, and he, uh, because of always long-term relationships, and he, uh, he sorts through all of that and does great due diligence to bring us the uh, best products he uh, possibly can. And we certainly, um, uh, he turns down uh, probably 99.9% oh, .9 of them. <laughs> so, and if you thought it was impossible for you to own a um, $20 million commercial building, then think again. For uh, $50,000, you can buy a share into a beautiful uh, almost new commercial building and an economic center that dropped only 2% in retail occupancy during the um, uh, crash, and uh, residential prices dropped 1.4%, just to show how strong the area is. So when we're looking for a product, it's not just the product, it's the region, it's how it did specifically uh, in, the, uh, in the past. 
So um, again, if you want a copy of the white paper about how uh, e-commerce affects and, in, and uh, often enhances uh, brick and mortar, go to, uh, send us an email at info at tomwilsonproperties.com and ask us. Uh, go to tomwilsonproperties.com for a lot of uh, educational information uh, for, uh, for the investor. And we uh, look forward to uh, any of your questions uh, now or, uh, or in the future. And we're glad to meet with you and uh, assist and uh, be a sounding board for you for any questions that you have in this general arena. So uh, this is Real Estate Radio Live. This is Tom K. Wilson doing the uh, once-a-week edition that specializes and focuses just on investing. So we're nice to uh, have you with us, and we uh, look forward to having you back. Look forward to having Steve back. Thank you, Steve, for doing this program with us. Thank you. I enjoyed it. As, uh, as always. And, uh, and uh, remember, uh, the only thing that matters is what you do next. Uh, come back with us next time. Bye-bye. You've been listening to Real Estate Radio Live. For more information on today's program, visit reradiolive.com. That's reradiolive.com. Tune in, log in, download our podcast. Discover more at reradiolive.com. reradiolive.com. Because it's